Welcome to Pirate Talk Radio. In this podcast, I discuss everything Sea of Thieves, from lore to PvP, to even what fish you can catch for the hunter's call. Please sit back, relax, and join me on this adventure. episode of pirate talk radio this is episode 45 and i appreciate everyone listening and tuning in on the youtube remember if you would like to actually see my smiling face you can always check out the youtube uh you can just search pirate talk radio podcast on youtube and as of a few episodes ago um that channel is dedicated directly uh to this podcast but of course uh, thank you, everyone who's listening on the podcasting apps. Uh, and just as a reminder, if you would like to support this broadcast financially and also get this podcast several days before everyone else does, you can always check out the Patreon. Uh, it's patreon.com slash TV, and uh, the links will be in the description box if you would like to support that or any of the other sponsors of this broadcast. But... We've got some Sea of Thieves news to talk about, but first I want to apologize for the lateness of this episode. You can probably tell in my voice that it doesn't sound that great. Um, I got extremely ill uh, last week, uh, right around, I believe it was Friday when I normally put the Patreon uh, episode out. I started to not feel well on the 16th, or sorry, that's uh, this, Friday, this Thursday, the 9th. And then I got extremely ill on the 10th, and I was pretty ill uh, throughout the entire weekend. So I apologize for the lateness of this particular episode. But I knew I, I knew I had notes written down. I knew I had to get this episode out to you guys, but I apologize again for my voice. If I cough or anything uh, throughout this episode, I apologize. Um, I've been battling uh, some, some, some illnesses uh, in, in the past couple of days, don't worry. I am vaccinated. I, I got the shots. I am, I am up on my shots. You know, I, I, uh, I did get my vaccination, so, uh, I'm not too concerned there. Uh, it, it, you know, I've been putting a lot of vitamin C in me. I've been staying hydrated. Uh, got some, uh, NyQuil, DayQuil, stuff like that. Staying very regimented on, uh, keeping up on that kind of stuff. But been a pretty miserable couple days. If you've been tuning into the Twitch streams at all, uh, play a new world, uh, you will you will definitely tell that I have I have not been uh, feeling well the past couple days, uh, and it, it all started Friday. So again, I apologize for that, uh, but we got the episode going here, and I hope you enjoy it. It is going to be a continuation of the last episode where I presented my ideas of emissary system 2.0 and talked about my thoughts on uh, on basically taking the emissary system to the next level. I think the emissary system was one of the best systems that Sea of Thieves has came up with. Um, unfortunately, for about the first year of it being out, uh, in, in my mind, it was a bit neglected. It was it was it was not where it should have been, and it was not um, it was not taken care of. There, it was kind of put out there as a really awesome system, and then kind of shelved. 
Uh, and only since we've gotten seasons have we seen uh, that system start to come back and, and start to uh, actually mean something again with a rotation of rewards for you to get and stuff like that. But I think it's time to take that system, which is an awesome system, to the next level. And if you're interested in my thoughts and ideas about that, check out episode 44, the last episode, and you can get my ideas that I have presented there. But we're going to continue this on because I think, <clears throat> as I as I talked about at the end of the last episode, I think there is uh, another level that we can take this emissary system to, to really build on that risk versus reward system, uh, and to really make you feel like you're really you know, putting in an effort and getting awesome rewards back. Of course, we've got the infinite system of gold, but also some other rewards. So we're going to talk about that a little bit today. And I mentioned many, many episodes ago about, I would like to see Sea of Thieves put a bounty system in, um, something that encourages PVP, um, something that encourages player interaction and something that really makes your choices that you're making out on the seas, depending on the voyages or who you're selling your loot to really makes those choices impactful. Um, you know, back in the day of the golden age of piracy, based on what the pirate did and where they took their, their prizes, their loot, uh, and sold it off, you know, could put them on a bounty board for the English or the Spanish. But, you know, if they were taking Spanish goods and selling it to the English, the English didn't really care. You know, they were getting the, the stuff from the Spanish or vice versa. So I really think a bounty board system would be cool. And I'm going to talk a little bit about that and how I think that could be um, implemented because if systems like this that I'm suggesting are implemented incorrectly or in, in implemented uh, incompletely, they could really uh, put a bad taste in the player's mouth. So I really think it's very critical that we think about these systems um, before we put code into the game or before Rare would you know take these to the next level. We really have to storyboard it out, whiteboard it out, cross out things and really think um, more broadly about how these systems could impact the overall health of the game. But I think um, if we had systems like this, um, I think it would do a lot to uh, to enhance the game for all players, both new and existing. So let's uh, first jump into the current event going on. Uh, it is the Mermaid Gem event where you have to get 100 gems to unlock um, some things, including the limited edition eye patch. Uh, the red eye patch, the blue and the green are already in the game locked behind accommodations. Uh, but the red one is locked behind the event. And in order to do that, you just have to sell a hundred gems to any of the people who accept uh, gems. So any of the trading companies, um, hunters call or reapers, um, and you sell a hundred and you get it. Uh, that event I believe goes till September 16th. Um, so by the time this episode goes out to the public, um, you're probably running out of time. Uh, I'm recording this on the 13th and the Patreons will get it on the 13th as uh, their early access. And then the rest of you will probably get it on the 15th or the 16th. Um, so yeah, you're probably running out of time. So if you haven't done this already and you're just now listening to this and you're not a Patreon, well, you're probably out of time. But if not, uh, hurry up and get your 100 gems in. The other thing that you can get right now is uh, if you are a... Uh, Amazon Prime member, and you've got your account linked to Twitch uh, for Twitch uh, or Amazon Gaming or Amazon Prime Gaming or Twitch Prime, whatever you want to call it. Uh, if you have your Amazon Prime uh, account linked to your Twitch.tv account, you can get a freebie right now. It is a uh, item from the Pirate Emporium. 
you can get the blighted capstan. This is the um, State of Decay, I believe, was the game. Um, this is the State of Decay ship set capstan. Uh, it's actually kind of cool. It's a it's a weathered uh, brown wood capstan with some like teal, uh, almost looks like like rotting or something like that, or or um, weathered copper um, on the handles, and then zombie hands that lay across the top of the capstan. So really cool capstan uh, to a really cool uh, unique ship set. Uh, you can get that free right now uh, by going over to Twitch.tv, making sure you have your Amazon Prime account link there. And it's a freebie in your inventory that you can just click claim and grab it that way. And if you haven't done so already, you know, making sure you get that stuff linked right now is a good idea uh, because there are Twitch drops that are going to be in the foreseeable future. Uh, but just to kind of give you an idea of some of the items uh, that you can get um, from the, uh, from the Twitch gaming, uh, that they've given out in the past. They've been giving these out, um, over the course of, uh, the past couple months. Um, trying to see if I can get a list of things that have been given away. So we have gotten the Night Wolf Sails, the Ruby Splash Tail Wheel, the Escapades Emote Set, the Baron Bird Cannon Set, um, the, uh, crab dab or the, the crab shuffle, uh, the elemental power figurehead, the elemental power flag, the ruby splash tail hull, the royal squirrel sails, uh, the positive emote pack. And now of course the blighted capstan. So if you haven't, uh, had your, uh, Amazon prime linked to your Twitch account, uh, you've missed out on quite a few goodies. Uh, so make sure you get in there and get these. Cause again, these are all things that they charge for in the, uh, Emporium, uh, that they're giving you for free. If you've got your, uh, I mean, it's not free. You're paying for Amazon prime, right? Uh, but it's a perk as having, you know, paying for that Amazon prime. It's a perk. So make sure you go, uh, get a hold of your, I'm going to put an air quotes. If you're watching YouTube, your freebies, there's no free lunch. There's no free lunch. That is a old uh, economics term that, uh, that I have lived by for a long time. There's no free lunch. Someone somewhere is paying for it and you are paying for it with your Amazon prime subscription, but make sure you get all your perks out of that. Right. I even claim stuff from games that I don't even play anymore. Just in case I go back to them, I've got it. So there you go. All right. So let's dive into this emissary 2.0 episode part two, whatever you want to call it. And I first want to talk about the prestige system that I, I kind of hinted at um, last week on the podcast. And this prestige system, how I look at it at is, look, we go through these voyages with the emissary flag up. We get it up to five to get the max gold value out of it. We get our emissary quest. And when you get your emissary quest, there's no additional levels that you can get. Um, you get the, the, the stuff right for doing the emissary quest, but there's no additional levels you can get. And basically a lot of people who like to work on accommodations and who are working on efficiency will lower that flag down to a grade one, vote it back up, um, to that grade one, lower it at five, get their gold, vote it back up at one, do their emissary quest, get it back to five, and then just kind of cycle it around because most of the emissary quests Though I think there's some evening 
that need to be done on voyages and emissary quests based on, you know, what I talked about last week and bringing it to that gold hoarder standard. I, I think most people are voting it down and putting it back up and then working to get to five again and then selling off all their loot. And to me, it feels like, I don't know, it just kind of feels empty. It feels very empty to me when I've, when I've worked so hard to get to grade five, just to lower it and re-raise it and level it up again. And sure, there is obviously the accommodations behind getting to grade five so many times, but it just feels empty. It, it, it feels like if I'm a pirate, if, if I'm thinking about this in, in terms of piracy, if I'm, if I'm a pirate, my notoriety or becoming a notorious pirate captain, it's about me pushing the envelope. It's about me claiming prizes out there. It's about me stealing loot. And it's about me completing these voyages for people without getting caught, right? Without getting sunk, without getting captured. And the idea of lowering the flag and re-raising the flag in my mind is basically like, okay, I did this for you. Now let's reset our reputation again and let me work back up on it. It doesn't feel like I'm pushing the envelope. It doesn't feel like I'm working hard to become the most notorious pirate out there. Even if you're not into PVP, it still feels like you're not working um, on your notoriety, right? It doesn't feel like you're working on becoming that, you know, most known gold hoarder or the most known merchant or, or whatever the case may be. It doesn't feel like you're building that up, right? You're building it to a point and then basically resetting. And I think that system was fine to start with, but I think now it's time for us to come up with a better system and a system that continues to work on that risk, risk versus reward and it really starts to put into the idea of these folks out there like myself who really want to push the envelope on what we're doing before we turn in loot hordes and stuff like that. So this prestige system that I've thought about is when you go back at grade five to get your emissary quest, you've got two options. One you can lower your flag back to one and do the same thing that we've been doing for over a year now. Or you can prestige your flag. And that's something easy that they could add to the look of the flag in order to show that. You know, maybe on like, let's say the basic gold hoarder flag, the yellow with the black key on it and the circles, maybe it starts to add a, add a nice um, border around the, the pennant looking thing, the, the, the open mouthed pennant that they have starts to add a nice dark border around it. And then the key in the middle for prestige level two becomes darker and the dashes around it become darker. And then at prestige level four, the gold, it becomes less yellow and more gold. And then at prestige level five, like the Reaper, it glows or something like that. But I'm suggesting that instead of lowering the flag back to one and re-raising it, you prestige it. And now, yes, you go back to gold hoarder emissary rank one with the one dash on your pennant. But this time, it's a better pennant. This time, you retain your 
5x gold or whatever the the multiplier is. I'm saying 5x because, you know, five levels, but it's not really five times, right? But you maintain that gold um, bonus for turning stuff in. You maintain that, but now you can start to level your flag under prestige level one, and you gain additional emissary value and additional gold bonus for staying at prestige one, right? Now, if you ever lower your flag, you lose the prestige and you go back to the basic emissary level one. So you keep your flag up, you get your emissary quest, which is 20 captain's chests, I believe. And you continue to build that prestige, that notoriety, right? And you get bonus gold. But the reward here is if you get to the fifth level of the pennant, so Emissary 1 through 5, as Prestige 1, you not only get the Emissary quest again, just like if you leveled up from 1 to 5 again by dropping the flag, this time you get the Emissary quest, plus you get 100 doubloons. That's your reward for completing Prestige 1, so getting 1 to 5 in the Emissary again. You get 100 doubloons. Hey, that's pretty good. There's a lot of things out there that cost doubloons. And I understand that we really haven't had a uh, doubloon dump for a while, but that doubloons can be turned into gold, which can then be used to get your dark adventure stuff for new characters. Or the doubloons can be used to buy Athena's uh, Thieves Haven voyages. Either way, whether you're a new player or a veteran player, doubloons are good to get. And I'm sure down the road, we're going to see some sort of large money dump like we did with the dark adventurer stuff, but it's going to cost doubloons because there are players out there with 30,000, 40,000, 50,000 doubloons. So I think down the road, something's coming where that'll happen and giving new players the ability to get these doubloons, which for a new player, doubloons are something that are relatively hard to get, especially characters out there trying to get the ashen stuff out of the chest and things like that. They need those doubloons in order to buy those voyages and the keys and stuff like that. I think it's a great way. And a hundred doubloons isn't that much. It's not that much. So then you prestige one time and you get your hundred doubloons. You get your bonus value on all your loot. But I'm not done yet. I'm not done playing yet. I want to prestige again. I want to test the waters. I want to see if someone out there is good enough brave enough and cutthroat enough to sink me because if you sink a flag that is prestige one, you know, level grade five prestige one, that's going to be a hefty gold amount to the reapers, but I'm not done yet. I don't think anyone out there can sink me. So I'm going to go back to the gold hoarder now that I've prestige one and I've went through five ranks of emissary again. I'm going to get my emissary quest again, which allows me to dig up 20 more captain's chests. But this time, instead of lowering my flag and going back to emissary one, I'm going to go to prestige two. And I'm going to do it again. Now, again, it sounds like we're just lowering our flag and re-raising it, but we're not. We're pushing our boundaries because now our flag's worth a lot more. We're getting a lot more from turning stuff in. We've got a hundred doubloons to our name now because we were prestiged. 
Now we're prestige level two, and we're again leveling up our flag to number to, to, to grade five emissary, but under prestige two. So the flag looks more ornate, looks nicer on the back of the ship. The pennant looks nicer on top of the ship. So other people can see your prestige level two. And you go about your business digging up your chest and everything, and you get back up to grade five. Now you have a choice again. You get your emissary quest, you hit grade five, prestige two. So you get your 100 doubloons. You get even up it to 200 this time. Doesn't matter to me. Doubloons are another infinite resource, really. And now you're prestige three. Your gold value goes up on all your turn ins. Again, gold is infinite. Who cares how much gold we're giving away? Doesn't matter. The goal here is not to flood the economy with gold and doubloons. It's, it's a way of rewarding players who are doing the risk versus reward system. Therefore, getting a really big emissary flag and really testing the waters, right? If you're someone who's really good at this game as far as PvP and efficiency, you could, you know, prestige yourself in a day a few times and never have to worry about your emissary ledger for the rest of the month because you've got it all turned in. But if you lose that loot and you lose that flag, someone else's Reaper month might be made. Just again, inviting that ability to risk versus reward when you got players out there hunting and you have... Because because let's be clear, if you log into a server, if you're a server hopper out there, and I have a lot of friends who are server hoppers, if you're a server out hopper out there and you hop around emissary, uh, you know, ships, you're looking at the tables and everything, and you're hopping around and you see a gold hoarder on the server, are you sticking around that server? Most likely not. Most likely not. If you hop and you find a order of souls, are you sticking around that server? Probably not. The only time you're sticking around the server is if you see an Athena um, on the table or if you see a, a Reaper on the table because then you can go to your boat and track. You can see, you know, what grade that Reaper is and where they're at. Those are the only two that server hoppers are paying attention to. Well, now, if we start to introduce this prestige idea, now the value of those flags are now much higher. And we can attach accommodations to them, right? Who's to say we can't say turn in five prestige level one gold hoarder flags to the, to the Reaper? Hell, if we had accommodation that said turn in one prestige level five flag to the Reaper, holy crap, that could take us forever to get. That could be that could be almost as infamous as the shrouded ghost out there as far as an accommodation. But it would make server hoppers or it would make hunters who are going through the portals and their job they're they're out there hunting pirates, true reapers. Not runners, not people who are out there just trying to, you know, get the max gold value because all their stuff can be turned into one place. This now increases that hunting where if you see a little boat on the um, on the table, and maybe what we can do is that boat is a sloop on the table, right? It's got one, one thing. Well, maybe if they're Prestige 1, they have two masts. And if they're Prestige 3, they have three masts. And if they're Prestige 4, that boat is a little bit more ornate. Or if they're Prestige 5, that boat is glowing on the map, right? Now, all of a sudden, when you log into a server 
and you check the tables and you see that boat and their prestige, now all of a sudden it's like, I wonder how much loot they have that I could steal. I wonder where they're at. And we start to hunt them down. And now we put Reaper on to try to get grade five Reaper in order to hunt them down and grab all of that loot and that really, really worthwhile flag. So what I propose is you've got emissary one through five, and then you can prestige once. And then you do one through five again to get to two. And each time you level up your prestige, you get a hundred doubloons. Once you reach level five, if you are capable of getting to level five prestige, you not only get your emissary quest again, in case you want to go out and get those chests and get max value, ridiculous amounts of gold off of your 20 captain's chest. Not only do you get your doubloon reward, maybe it's a hundred, maybe at that point it's 500 since you've prestiged five times, but you also get 50 ancient coins. Now, People are going to say, Davram, ancient coins are actual money, right? Ancient coins are things that are so rare to get because ancient skeletons are rare, or I have to put money into the game in order to get them. Why on earth would rare put a system in where you could basically farm ancient coins? Let me tell you why. First off, we're not going to give you a lot of ancient coins, right? Ancient skellies, you can get a couple hundred ancient coins from. We're not going to give you that much. Nah. But it's a way for you to basically earn real life money in a way in the game by just playing. I say somewhere between 50 and 100 ancient coins would be fine. I put down 50 in my notes, but I could see 100, 100 ancient coins, right? Because then now players who don't want to put money into the game but would like to get stuff out of the Emporium, now they're going to have a reason to work on that prestige to get to grade five prestige, level five prestige, max everything, they're going to have a reason because now they get ancient coins, which means they don't have to put money into the game in order to get the thing. Some players are just going to put money into the game. They're not going to want to take the time to prestige their flags, whatever. They're just, they want it now. They want it now, now, now. Because if we're talking a hundred ancient coins, you know, we're, we're saying what a, a ship set is, what, 3,000 ancient coins or something like that? 2,500 ancient coins? That's a lot of prestige five in order to get that many ancient coins. So it's not something where people can just farm up and get a whole bunch of free stuff out of the Emporium. But if you do it enough, you can get a couple items out of the Emporium or one item out of the Emporium a month. And you've also now encouraged players to hunt those players, which is going to increase the PVP. Because remember what we talked about in Emissary 2.0 in the last episode, the only way Reapers in this system will be able to get Emissary value is stealing loot or PVP. No more doing forts or fleets or flame hearts or, or Fort of Fortunes or Fort of the Dams or Megs or whatever PVE out there. No more of that. The only way you get it is stealing loot or sinking ships and getting their flag. It's the only way you can grade up in Reapers now. Now imagine this. A Reaper who gets all the way up to grade five, prestige five. Imagine the money from that stolen loot. Imagine how much that flag's going to be worth. Because the only way to get there is PvP, right? 
Now, yes, this is going to anger a lot of the Alliance server folks out there, right? And yes, the Alliance server folks are going to be able to get these ancient coins and stuff like that. But changing Reapers to only PvP would drastically frustrate the hell out of Alliance servers. Would it shut it down? No. Alliance servers would still exist and they would just move to the other trading companies a lot more. But it would drastically frustrate them because you're bringing down the amount of money that they're able to generate per hour uh, because Reapers are the most beneficial, so the majority of their boats uh, that want to make a lot of money are running Reapers. And, well, they don't PvP on their servers, so they can't level up Reapers anymore. Now, again, like we talked about, there's loopholes like, you know, you could take loot from one boat and put it on yours and it'll count as stealing. I get that. But again, it frustrates that system, which we know that Rare is not a fan of the Alliance server system and they're keeping their eye on it in case they ever do want to shut it down because it's an unfair advantage to uh, players who are legitly out there and, and, and adventure doing the work in a way that the game was meant to be played, which is interesting player interactions, both PvP and otherwise. But this would frustrate them, right? And they would be lower, like, if they got to Prestige 5, then they've got the argument of, well, do we stay Prestige 5? I need the accommodations to lower the flag and raise the flag. It would cause a lot of disruption in arguments and and things like that in the Alliance servers, I think, which which is good. Because again, these Alliance servers are oftentimes unfair and to the members. And there's a lot of servers out there that charge players in order to play on them and or get preferential treatment. And it's just not a good system. Definitely against the rules, uh, the EULA logs of, of, of Rare. But it's another way that a system that could be very fun and adventure for the normal player could add some frustration to the Alliance servers, which Rare has already said that they're not a big fan of and that they're keeping the, their eye on anyways. So add the system, add it, let it be fun, and uh, really add some interesting PvP and change the way that people look at those emissary tables when they're looking to hunt. And no longer will it be, oh, there's an Athena, we're going to stay on the server. Or, oh, there's a Reaper, let's check out where they are, etc. Like that. But now if there's a Gold Hoarder, and they see that they're a prestiged Gold Hoarder, there might be a reason to go hunting for them. Just saying. Just saying. Might keep some servers alive longer, because people aren't going to be hopping as much. Or changing as much, because now there's a reason to hunt down those ships. So that's my idea for a prestige system. Again, it's not major. It just, again, adds a few more levels of, um, of le levels of levels, <laughs> layers of levels to the already emissary system and gives you the rewards that you deserve. A higher gold value on the items you sell to the trade company gives you the chance to get doubloons and it gives you the ability um, to get ancient coins if you're able to max out the entire pennant at Prestige 5, Grade 5. Just an idea, and I think it's really good. I think it's really good. But another thing that we could add to this system, which I've talked about before, is the Bounty Board. And we'll talk about that after we talk about our sponsors. If you are watching the YouTube, you will see the scrolling sponsors on our uh, on the, on the, the video, whatever you want to call it. 
But in the uh, description, the show notes below, you can always check out all the wonderful sponsors that make this podcast possible through you, the listener, and your support to them. We have Death Wish Coffee, the strongest naturally grown coffee in the world. It is the coffee that I prefer and the only coffee that I have in my fridge right now because I keep my coffee beans chilled so they last longer. Tell me I'm wrong. I'm telling you, it works. Um, we also have Humble Bundle, um, and Humble Bundle is a organization that allows you to get uh, books, ebooks. Uh, you can get uh, uh, magazines. You can get a whole bunch of digital content, including video games, at a cheaper price. And you can choose to either support the creator, you can choose to support Humble Bundle, or you can choose to support charity. Uh, so you get to control where your money goes to. Um, each time you purchase on Humble Bundle. Uh, you can also check out uh, MMORPG.com. They, they have been a long-term supporter of my content and any of my Twitch streams do show up on the main page of their website um, as their way of showing off um, their featured content creators. But most importantly, and something I always want to talk about here, is the Extra Life charity. Every year that I do Extra Life, it's just a way of me giving back uh, to my community and to children who are definitely in need. And with COVID going around and children going back to school, now is the best time to support these kids. A lot of them have a lot of, of unfortunate health concerns and issues. And giving to Extra Life allows hospitals in the Children's Miracle Network in order to pay for health care uh, for children who can't afford it. Uh, allows them to buy equipment uh, for the healthcare needs of the children, allows them to buy gaming systems and things like that. So Extra Life is a near and dear um, charity to my heart, and I've supported them now for five years. And this year is the first year that I've done this. All my sub revenue from Twitch and all my bits from Twitch are going to go directly to Extra Life. So at the end of the period when I hit my time that Twitch pays me out, as soon as I get into my bank account, I will be donating that money that my Twitch revenue uh, from your prime subs to your normal subs to your bits. All of my Twitch revenue for the remainder of this year will go directly to our charity. We are trying to raise $5,000 this year. We're at $150 so far, and we've got a lot of events and things coming up to push us there. I have no I have no worry of us actually hitting that $5,000 mark, but if you would like to support the charity, click the link in the description below. And finally, to all of you listeners out there, if none of those options sounded great to you and you still want to somehow support me and my goofiness and my content, you can always go over to patreon.com slash TV and select one of the tiered subscriptions to support me monthly doing this stuff that I love to do for each and every one of you. And if you consider that again, all the Patreons get early access uh, by at least a day, if not two, uh, to all of this, along with some other rewards that you get as well um, right there on patreon.com slash TV. But again, if you're just listening, I very much appreciate that. And please, by all means, if you're watching on YouTube, hit that subscribe button, drop a like, Turn the notification bell on. And if you're listening on any of the podcasting apps, please do leave me a comment um, and any sort of rating that you feel uh, would be there. I do try to check about once a month 
all the ratings on all the different podcasts. And if I see something really nice, I shout you out here on the podcast. All right, let's get back over to the bounty board. So the bounty system, which I proposed a while back, is a system where at the tavern or somewhere on the outpost, when you log in, there will be a board and it'll tell you if there's any pirates on your server. So it's server specific that have a bounty on their head. And it tells you who owns that bounty. So I know I had a discussion on Twitter um, this last week uh, with someone talking about a bounty system. And I think their ideas were really good where players could put bounties on other players' heads. But I would say that is Bounty Board 2.0. And we need to have a system of the Bounty Board first. And we need to be able to make sure if a player can put a bounty on another player's head, that it's it's built in a way that it can't be toxic, right? If if you if you are uh, you know a person who watches Pace Twenty Two or you're watching Beardageddon or Boxy or LD or Smexy or whoever that content creator is, and you just log in and try to put a bounty on their heads every single server, you find out that they're on your server. You can go troll them, whatever. There has to be a way to to make sure it's not toxic. Or if a player just comes up and sinks you and you just are frustrated, you put a bounty on their head and like they're trackable or whatever. I, there needs to be a fair system in place for you to put a bounty on another player's head. But I think we can introduce this system in a way that's a little more um, systematic and a little more um, based on the NPCs, right? So we have lots of voyages um, that are given to us by the different trading companies from lost shipments uh, to gold vaults, to uh, killing captains, to the Athena voyages. But how many times do you get one of those voyages and then you sell it to Reapers because it gives you more money? Well, you're technically betraying the uh, trading company that sets you on task to get their treasure back. So if you do that, if you get a gold hoarder vault, voyage and you turn it into reapers who's to say that the gold hoarders couldn't put a bounty on your head right and how this would basically go is if you do that and you have a bounty on your head if a player logs into a server there's a bounty board kind of like the emissary tables and you could open it up and it'll tell you if there is a pirate on your server with a bounty and who that bounty goes to and then you can go about hunting that pirate down. And if you hunt the pirate down and you sink their ship, an item will drop in the water. Maybe it's a book. Uh, maybe it's a, it looks like a medallion, like a key for a vault. Drops in the water and you can pick that up and it'll say it's the bounty for that particular person. And then you return it to the trading company on an outpost of which had the bounty on their head. So if it's a gold hoarder bounty, you turn it to the gold hoarders. If it's a bounty for the the uh, Merchant Alliance, you take it to the Merchant Alliance, whoever the bounty is for. Now, these bounty tokens are not allowed to be sold at Reapers, right? Reaper, the Reapers don't have the bounties on there. Now, there's different ways that we could implement it where the Reapers could have a bounty on someone's head. Maybe that could be the player side where a player puts a bounty on someone's head. That goes to Reapers. But for the general bounties, you want to take it back to wherever you, uh, wherever uh, trading company has the bounty on their head. 
Now, I don't think it should be a system where you can spawn cant someone, and by killing the player, it drops the bounty token. I think it needs to be attached to their ship. I also think if it's a scuttled ship, um, it still drops the item. But the bounty is not complete until someone sells the bounty token. So, if you have a bounty on your head, and you get sunk, or you scuttle, or you choose to scuttle, and that token floats up in the water, but later sinks, the bounty's still on your head until that item is turned in. You also can't turn in the bounty for yourself. So if you scuttle your ship and attempts to get the bounty off your head, and the item is floating in the water, you can't pick that item up and then go turn it in. Now, you could pick it up and give it to someone else to turn in. That is a loophole in the system, of course. But the bounty is not complete, and the bounty is not removed from your head until a enemy crew or another crew turns that in. You can't be in an alliance. Your alliance player, if they turn it in for you, you're not going to get any value out of it or anything like that. Um, it has to be another crew turning it in, you know, like an enemy player. It's not going to be a friendly player that turns it in in order to complete the bounty. But they should be a decent amount of reward, doubloons, gold, whatever you want to put on there. But it should be a decent amount. Um, and, you know, it could even climb up to a certain max based on how long that bounty's out there. It shouldn't be a open ceiling where it can climb forever because then a player could just log off, have that bounty climb for, you know, uh, a month and then log back in and have a, you know, friend kill him or something like that. But... I think it would be a cool system which would make, again, your choices to do voyages and sell them to the Reapers, or you make choices, um, and, and then that choice has a consequence, and a bounty is placed on your head. Um, and then, the other thing that I thought about here was, well, if Reapers hit level 5, they could track other emissaries. Well, what if a gold hoarder has a bounty on someone? and you become a level 5 gold hoarder, maybe you can then track a bounty ship. Like, it puts a, a mark on the map where that particular ship is with the bounty crew on it, and then you can hunt it down. Now, yes, that would give players who are, you know, doing gold hoarder or merchant or whatever a tracking system, which would be additional reward that reapers don't get. But again, a reaper could get to level 5, and see those same bounties and see all of them and then go turn the bounty in somewhere else. So the Reaper could also have that um, as an added reward. Um, but I think that would be a cool system. But, but again, it just adds another level of choice that you now have to make and the consequences. And, and again, it's, it's going back to the age of golden age of piracy, which is what we're ultimately in, in this game, a video game version of that. And back then they put bounties on people's heads. And I think that would be an excellent option, um, in there in order to, um, to, to just add another choice system in the game of, well, I can betray the gold hoarders or the merchants or the Athenas, but if I do so, then there's going to be a consequence where other players are now going to hunt me down in order to turn in and claim that bounty. So I think it's something we can talk about, and I think it's definitely something that could be a cool system to put into the game. Will that ever be put into the game? I don't know. Um, again, we're just speculating and suggesting things at this point to Rare, just to liven up the game and add some new cool systems to the game 
Um, because again, the content has been quite dry in between the seasons. Um, that really hasn't changed a whole lot. We get our seasons. Most people have the seasons done within a week or two, and then we're kind of dry again. So again, adding some new things to the game to really spice up the game and add some intrigue to, to your daily playing where it's not just focused on the, you know, the ledger system. It's not just focused on getting your, your, um, your, your MS or your season pass completed. And it's not focused on what it amounts to these very lame and lackluster events that they've had several episodes. I've talked about how they could spice those events up, make them more theme based, make them more new and interesting and fun for the players. Well, these systems like the prestige system and the bounty system would add some new spice to it, would add some more intrigue to the um, everyday playing. It might actually cause some veteran players to come back. It might cause some players to uh, play some more. Um, you know, these are things that are outside the box that I think we should really be considering as players and suggesting it to Rare just to, again, bring some more life to the game and in between these seasons, which, like I said, to be honest, the season launches, a lot of people log in, do the season, and then they log out because the events and the things going on are really kind of lame. Obviously, we had the Tall Tales with uh, with Pirate's Life, but I don't anticipate us getting another set of Tall Tales for a while. Those were amazing, and those were very fun. But again, those come around once in a great while just because of how much work it takes to put into them. So I think new and exciting systems which could you know, bring some life to the game, uh, during the seasons and outside the seasons, um, I think are something that we should really look at. And the final thing I want to look at, and again, this is something that, um, will definitely be some additional conversation piece. Um, but I think we should look at gold and reward distribution when it comes to alliances. And again, I already talked about the idea of doing things to frustrate the um, Alliance servers um, in a way that doesn't necessarily shut them down if they come up with um, new ways of doing things. But one thing that never made sense to me was this idea of money sharing in Alliances. And I don't have the math in front of me um, right now as to how much um, the Alliance gets. But think of it this way. A chest, let's take a chest and say it's worth a thousand gold. So this chest is worth a thousand gold. And I sell it. And my crew gets a thousand gold. Now, it didn't make sense to me to begin with when a chest is worth a thousand gold. But both players get a thousand gold if they're on a sloop. If two players are on a sloop, they sell a chest worth a thousand, they both get a thousand. That means the chest was technically worth two thousand gold. But if that same one thousand gold chest is sold on a brig, that chest is actually worth three thousand gold because all three members of the brig got a thousand. And on a galleon, the chest is technically worth four thousand gold because each person gets a thousand gold. Doesn't make sense. The chest was only worth a thousand, but based on the number of crew members there, it increases in value. That's not how trade goods worked back then. If you had a thousand gold chest and you sold it to someone, 
they would give you a thousand gold. And then you had to take the gold and distribute it amongst your crew members. That's how it worked. But then it gets even more confusing when you're in an alliance. Because if I take that 1,000 gold chest and I'm on a galleon and I sell it, I actually sold it for 4,000 gold because each of my crew members got 1,000. But if I'm in an alliance, each of my alliance members also get a portion, even though they had nothing to do with it. So that 1,000 gold chest is now just by on a galleon four times actually what it's worth, plus an additional amount for my alliance people. So if I'm running a, if, if, if we're on an alliance server with five galleons, all with four members, that 1,000 gold chest is now worth 4,000 gold plus the split that each of the other crews, each of the additional, what is that? Four times four, 16. So it's 4,000 gold plus 16 shares of the distribution for being an alliance. Yet if that same chest was sold by one person, it's only worth 1,000 gold. Doesn't make sense. It makes zero sense. Now, in a coding sense, it it that's just easy. You're like, oh, well, each person gets the maximum value of the item. And then the alliance gets a portion of the max value. That's easy to code, but it doesn't make sense. So my suggestion in this is you set a value for an item. And then it's divided by the amount of players on the crew. So a 1,000 gold chest to a solo player is worth 1,000 gold. An 1,000 gold chest to a sloop crew, two people, is 500 each. An 1,000 gold chest to a full galleon crew is 1,000 divided by 4. I'm not good at math, so I'm not going to do that. I'm suck at math. It's simple math, but I'm not going to math while I'm recording this because it's just coming off the top of my head. And I don't have my calculator up or I don't actually write this down, right? So a thousand gold divided by four. If you're an alliance and you're two galleons, that's a thousand gold divided by four plus the distribution of that gold to four other people. So if you're talking about an alliance server where you have that same 1,000 gold chest with five boats of four people, that 1,000 gold is not going to be 1,000 gold to the main crew. It is not going to be a distribution that everyone likes. So in fact, though alliances should stay in the game, and they should be something that you can join. I feel like the distribution of gold based on the number of crew members and the number of alliance members should be taken into, into account. And what's this going to do to frustrate alliance servers? It's going to make them far less profitable because those items, that money is now going to be divided amongst all the people in the alliance. 
and it's going to take the value away from the crew turning it in. Because ultimately, the way the system works now, you're inflating the value of that item based on how many people are in the crew or the alliance. You're just throwing money at it. If if this if this i if this iPhone is worth five hundred dollars, right? If this iPhone is worth five hundred dollars, and I sell it to someone for five hundred dollars, right? I can't give my buddy five hundred dollars and me have five hundred dollars. No, I sold this for five hundred dollars. If I sell this for five hundred dollars, I can't give myself five hundred, my buddy five hundred, my buddy five hundred, my buddy five hundred, and give you know, a community of four other people, some money for it. No, it's 500. This item is 500, 500. It's only 500. I can't increase the value that I get out of this item based on how many people are splitting the profits. So we shouldn't be doing that with the items in CFTs. Now, yes, this would take a major overhaul of the code, but they had to release the Dark Adventurer set to bring gold values of people's accounts down and people still have over a hundred million gold. There's nothing you can do to fix that. But I think what they could do is start to look at systems to actually split the value of the gold properly instead of taking an item and just inflating the price of it based on how many people are there. Because then if you think about it, if you're a person like Shockwave or you're a person like me who does a lot of solo slooping, we actually get screwed in the money. We make the same amount of money on an item, but technically a sloop with two people, they make double the money. Each player makes the same, but they make double the money on the same items. Just something to think about. Just something to think about. But I think a more accurate distribution of the gold based on crew and alliance size would definitely go a long way to frustrate alliance servers and it would go a long way to lessen the amount of alliances out there and make it more fair across the board so that a thousand gold item is divided amongst evenly the players that actually did the work and then parts of that share is then divided amongst the alliance just a thought, just a thought to keep in your back of your head as a new way of thinking about Sea of Thieves and how it plays into the real world of commerce and piracy and stuff like that from the golden age of piracy. But I'm sure not a lot of people thought about that. Um, or if you did, you're like, well, I want my gold. So, you know, screw you. I don't want to, <laughs> I don't want to divide it amongst people. Right. But just a way of thinking about that, just a way of thinking about that. But guys, I hope you enjoyed the talk about emissary 2.0. I hope you enjoyed my theor my ideas for prestiging. I hope you uh, enjoyed the ideas of the bounty board and made you think a little bit about this idea of distribution of the gold of the items uh, we sold. But I can tell that my nasal cavity is getting clogged. I can tell my throat is getting sore. So I'm going to go rest my throat. I'm going to go blow my nose and take some more medicine so I can stream here in a very little bit. But guys, thank you very much for your patience on getting this episode out. And again, I apologize for being sick. Um, not, nothing I can really control there. Hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Take care of yourselves and each other, and I'll see you next time on Pirate 
Talk Radio.